Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, sports editor with Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. I'm here to recap my football game from Friday night. I was out at Marauder Stadium in Flower Mound for the uh, for Marcus and their homecoming game against Irving Nimitz. With uh, with District 96A being on the bye this week, I had a chance to uh, to broaden my horizons, help out a little bit with our Denton County coverage. So I decided to head out to Flower Mound and take in some District 66A action. And once you know, I actually got a pretty good game when all was uh, all was said and done. Uh, Marcus ends up taking this one 27 to 23. Uh, Marcus improves to 4-1 and one with the victory. It is their fourth win in a row, so some nice little momentum for the Marauders midway through the season. They are 2-0 and in District 66A. Nimitz, meanwhile, falls to 3-2. and Both of those losses coming in district play. Granted, they've had a tough open to district, being uh, given matchups against Hebron and Marcus to begin the district slate. Um, but nevertheless, um, this is a game where, I mean... The story of this one was kind of the uh, the redemption of the Marcus defense and just kind of the ups and downs that that unit experienced throughout the night because no doubt when you look at the box score, there are certainly some numbers that jump out, you know, that might not necessarily indicate a, a banner performance on the field for the Marcus defense. Um, on the one hand, you know, they allowed 459 total yards of offense, 234 coming on the ground. Um, as far as averages go, they allowed a 5.9 rushing yards per carry, 16.1 yards per pass, and they even let Nimitz's top receiver uh, Jalen Jernigan go off for nearly 200 yards receiving. So, um, you know, certainly in some aspects, you know, Marcus's defense had some struggles on Friday against Nimitz, um, but nevertheless, when you look at the uh, the fourth quarter of this game, and when uh, when push came to shove, when it got into crunch time. The uh, the story of this defense was the story of this I mean, the story of this game I should say was the Marcus defense and just the job that they did um, bending but not breaking that cliche was going uh, was sure enough that was uh, that was very much evident in how Marcus was able to close this one out because um, like I said I mentioned those numbers for uh, for Nimitz so when you factor in how effective Nimitz was moving the ball at times on Friday. I mean, if you told Nimitz beforehand that they were going to move the ball that well, and then in the fourth quarter, they were going to have three consecutive drives where they advanced to at least the Marcus 21-yard line, you're thinking they would be coming away from this with a win, no problem. Well, nevertheless, in the fourth quarter, those three drives, yes, Nimitz advanced to the Marcus 21-yard line three on its final three drives of the game, and they came away with nothing. Uh, Marcus was able to hold on to a... Uh, you know, Marcus seized a 24-23 lead in this game very early in the fourth quarter on a five-yard touchdown run by Justin Dinka, the uh, the third lead change of the second half, and then the rest was left up to the defense. On Nimitz's ensuing possession, they advance into the red zone. They lose a fumble recovered by Marcus's Jabril Dar. Um, Marcus is able to, um, Marcus, I believe Marcus ends up going three and out. They punt back. Nimitz is right back in the red zone on the following possession. They lose another fumble, this time one recovered by uh, by Marca uh, Desgraves for uh, for Marcus, and then this time Marcus is able to convert uh, you know convert a, a field goal from Matt Heffernan to open up a 27-23 lead, 
And then with uh, with about 2:45 left in the game, Nimitz tries to stage one last uh, one last batch of heroics. They're able to advance inside the Marcus 19-yard uh, line inside the final 30 seconds. They're facing second and four, and then wouldn't you know, I mean, the story of this game was Nimitz was so effective moving the ball just because their quarterback, um, Aiden Ponce, and then their lead running back, Christian Nelms, were just such a handful for Marcus to tackle. I mean, lots of yards after contact, lots of missed tackles by the Marauders' defense. So in that sense, it was kind of poetic how this one was able to uh, ultimately end for Marcus because, like I said, Marcus is, um, Nimitz is able to get down to the Marcus 19, facing second and four, inside 30 seconds remaining, and then Marcus gets the sack. Um, you know, Des Graves was in on the sack, as was Ethan Kapler. A, um, you know, so a huge, huge stop for the Marauders. Um, you know, Nimitz is able to get one play, one final playoff inside 10 seconds remaining, as opposed to just heaving it deep into the end zone, just taking their chances with whatever. Uh, Nimitz finds a wide receiver, Brandon Wheeler, on a flat. He tries to cut up field, loses his footing, and just falls down. And then in high school football, when you fall down, you're down. And so the time runs out. Uh, Marcus hangs on for the win. So a bit of an anticlimactic ending, all things considered. You never really see the turf monster, um, you know, come back to a ultimately decide the final play of the game but um nevertheless I, uh, you know some impressive heroics by the uh, by the Marcus defense to really bend but not break there in the fourth quarter despite being uh, you know their backs being very much against the wall by a, a very very game Nimitz squad this was a game where Nimitz was um was very much in control for most of the way they um you know they led you know for the majority of the first half they held a 14 to 7 lead at the break and then um you know you could kind of sense that things started to slowly shift in Marcus's favor. Um, and I'll say that, you know, right you know, right down at the end of the second quarter, you could sense them getting a little bit of momentum heading into the half. Um, you know, Marcus only had 89 yards of offense in the first half. Um, they didn't lead until, you know, just under four minutes remained in the third quarter. But, um, but they were able to go on a run of 17 unanswered points after falling behind 14-0 in the first half. They were able to get out of the first half with some points. Um, they got a big return from a from Justin Nika that put them in Nimitz territory for their final possession of the second quarter. Um, quarterback Garrett Neusmeyer was able to cap that drive with a five-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Robinson. They made it 14-7 to heading into the break. And then you could see they really did kind of feed off of that momentum as they started the third quarter. The defense was able to force a three and out. They got the ball right back in Nimitz territory on a short punt. And then you got to see a, a nice energy play from, um, you know, from their standout wide receiver slash linebacker, uh, Marcel Brooks. Uh, Neusmeyer found Brooks on a screen pass. And then Brooks, no kidding, he tried to hurdle defense twice um, on that on the, in the same play. Um, he was able to do so on the first hurdle, um, got tripped up um, in midair on the second one. I mean, but just the uh, the energy that that play brought, the sideline was just going nuts. Marcus had a huge crowd, as you would expect for its homecoming game. Really seemed to just get some, uh, you know, get that mojo going for the Marauders. And then they were able to add a couple double-digit yard runs by Justin Dinka, runs of 16 yards, another one of 19 yards to get him right near the goal line. And then Tyson Edwards scores on a three-yard run, and just like that, we're tied 14 to 14 um you know mark so um so yeah i mean there you go looking at uh that's all it took for marcus i mean the momentum can be a uh, can be a heck of a drug in high school football um marcus was able to seize the lead later on in the third quarter on a 40-yard field goal by matt heffernan um but then you had um 
you know, credit to Nimitz for just the job that they did immediately countering because right on the following possession, they immediately strike back with a 75-yard touchdown pass from Ponce to Jalen Jernigan. Uh, the conversion failed, so it was 20-17. to 17. And then, you know, I mentioned those last three drives um, by the Marcus defense. This last drive of the third quarter was also a very, very underrated drive as far as being able to not let this one get away. So... After Jernigan's 75-yard touchdown pass that put Nimitz back in front, 20-17, to Nimitz recovered the ensuing kickoff. That's right, they were able to, it was a hierarchy kick, they kicked it right into a patch of the, uh, of the field where, uh, where the Marauders weren't. The bounce, it took a, uh, the ball took a favorable bounce in favor of the Vikings, and sure enough, they recovered it. So, um, so they've got a chance to potentially make this a double-digit ball game, and I mean, they look like they were well on their way to doing so. Um, you know, Nimitz was able to advance to the Marcus seven-yard line, um, but then they go backwards on two straight plays. You had Marcus's uh, Tyler Ganey stuffing uh, stuffing Ponce on a run, and then they tried to get Nelms to the outside. Uh, Jabril Dar and Boomer Perry were big in slowing him for an eight-yard loss. So, um, so Nimitz went from facing first and goal at the seven-yard line to being backed into third and goal from the 18. They ended up having to settle for a field goal, and they led 23-17. to So just the fact that Marcus was able to keep it at a one-score game despite a huge potential potential momentum swing for the Vikings, that was massive. And then, as I've mentioned, the defense just kind of a that was kind of a harbinger of things to come, just given the uh, the bend-don't-break aspect that the defense really showcased there in the fourth quarter. So a, um, a fun game, to, a, a definitely a fun game, one that I, I kind of entered this one not really sure what to expect. I mean, I, you know, I cover District 9-6A. I don't really get to, you know, spend a whole lot of time perusing 6-6A anymore. So, um, but nevertheless, yeah, definitely a, uh, you know, a fun one. So let's, let's get to some stats quickly from this one. You had a uh, Let's see, I mean, overall, like I said, this was a game that Nimitz was, on the box score, you'd think that Nimitz crushed him in this game. I mean, Nimitz was able to outgain Marcus 459 to 260, you know, 23 to 17 in terms of first downs. Passing-wise, there was a 225 to 81 yard disparity there. Uh, rushing the ball, Nimitz racked up 234 on the ground versus 179 for Marcus. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, Marcus really fed off some good field position for a lot of its offense as well, so that's going to kind of factor into the um, the low overall yardage totals. But as far as individual stat leaders, uh, Justin Dinka doing his thing as usual. He was 25 carries for 151 yards and a touchdown, just a shade over six yards a carry. Uh, Tyson Edwards added 31 yards on the ground on just five carries plus a touchdown. Through the air, uh, Garrett Neusmeyer uh, finishes just 10 of 19 for 78 yards, a touchdown and an interception, so not a Massive day through the air for Marcus, but um, it's worth noting that uh, you know Nussmeier closed the game really strong. He completed uh, six of his final eight passes. Really did a good job managing the game to help move the chains and set up the uh, you know the drives that helped Marcus put this one away on offense. Um, let's see, as far as receivers go, you had uh, Grant Hutcherson was the leading receiver, three catches for 30 yards. Jade Robinson, who scored their first touchdown back in the first half, he goes three catches, 20 yards. Um, the number is going to be a bit more eye-popping on the uh, Nimitz side of things. You had uh, Ponce, the quarterback, going 14 of 21 for 225 yards and a touchdown. He added 99 yards on the ground as well. Christian Nelms, who actually entered this game as the leading rusher in the district, so no small feat when you consider some of the firepower in the 
the backfield in District 66A. But nevertheless, Nelms has another strong performance. He goes for 124 yards on a touchdown. And then through the air, I mean, only three receivers caught passes for Nimitz. So not exactly the most widespread passing attack. But Marcus had absolutely no answer for Jalen Jernigan in this game. The, uh, the top Nimitz receiver on the night, he goes for nine. For, he has nine catches for 199 yards and a touchdown. So just a shade over 22 yards a catch for Jernigan. Um, but nevertheless, not enough to get the Vikings into the win column. They uh, they fall to 0-2 in district play. Marcus improves to uh, 2-0, I should say. Yeah, 2-0. And, and they get a they get a fun one next week. You know, a nice test against them. Um, they travel to the woodshed to take on Heberin as they look to win their fifth consecutive game. Um, one other thing from this game that uh, I've kind of noticed, at least within these first couple weeks of District 66A, um, our Denton County sports editor, Justin Thomas, kind of alluded to it on our, uh, on our podcast last Monday. I think it's time that, uh, you know, there was a bit of a narrative coming into this season. Um, you know, we might have fueled that to, to an extent that um, this was kind of a five-team district, at least on paper, when you factor in just the pedigree of the eight programs in District 66A. Um, there was this, uh, this perception that this was essentially Capel and Louisville ISD. And it was just a, a five-team district for four playoff spots. And, you know, Irving ISD might have been cast aside as a bit of a, you know, a bit of an afterthought. And that's, you know, at least, um, you know, through two weeks of district action, that, uh, that seems to be a bit of an unfair, unfair criticism against Irving ISD. They certainly deserve their due with the job that they've done these first two weeks. I mean, you had Nimitz, which, again, you, Nimitz did... I mean, Nimitz very well could have and maybe should have won this game if they could just protect the football. Um, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, they led the majority of the way. I mean, they would go blow for blow with a, with a strong flyer mound Marcus team that came into this game with a lot of momentum. Um, you know, the Marauder Stadium, a notoriously difficult place to play, but Nimitz was able to hang tough with them, and they moved the ball very impressively against Marcus. So, they, I mean, this was very much a coin flip game when you look at how it panned out. Then you had last week with Capel having to rally in the fourth quarter to defeat Irving MacArthur, 28-21. Uh, MacArthur was, uh, you know, staged another close game this week as Louisville um, was able to edge out the Cardinals 14-10. to So, you know, even though, I mean, the three games that I just mentioned... Irving ISD lost all three, but I mean they're it, these, they're not they're not walkovers by no by no means is there these just you, you see an Irving ISD opponent on the schedule and it's just a pushover. No, I mean MacArthur and Nimitz have played very well to begin district play, so we'll see ultimately to what extent Irving ISD factors into the playoff conversation in District Six Six A. But the idea that it's just a five team race for four playoff spots that seems maybe a bit a bit short sighted because Irving ISD at least you know through these first couple weeks of district some very very game performances. Um, especially from Nimitz and MacArthur. So, yeah, just something to monitor going forward. My eight, it's it's better for the overall quality of the district if you get, you know, more competitive district games. If you uh, are assured that you know, you know, any any as many as six or seven teams in this district are all capable of pushing one another, then it's only going to make the district stronger when all said and done. So, um, nevertheless, that is a look at a, at my game from Friday night, a fun game out at Marauder Stadium. Marcus has a happy homecoming. They uh, they take a twenty-seven to twenty-three victory over the Nimitz Vikings to improve to four and one on the season. You can check out my game story as well as uh, some highlights from this game over at StarLocalMedia.com. You can do the same for the uh, for the other games that we are out and about covering on Friday night. So, nevertheless, folks, that will do it for this edition of the. Uh, of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. A rapid reaction from Matt Welch, recapping Marcus over Nimitz, 27-23. Folks, you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you all later. 
Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.